as I was just sitting there this morning, uh, or as I was driving down earlier and sitting there, I realised that, um, uh, you know, the Lord has continued over the, the decades to give me fresh revelation every day, and I just love that about God's heart. And though I've preached a thousand messages or more, um, rarely the same one twice, because I, I like to hear what God's saying for the day, Sometimes there are those that God just goes bang. And today is a bang day. Kirk and I were reminiscing, uh, talking about a few things a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, I've got a feeling about such and such for Sunday week when you've asked me to share. And he said, yeah, that sounds good. You know, it was like, a, yeah, that sounds all right. And that was about how it was with me. But then on Tuesday morning... When I got up very early, normally I'm up about 4.30, but Tuesday morning the Lord woke me and I got up at 3.30 and he took me to an old reading and I thought, this is strange, but he took me to Isaiah 61 and as I read it, the Lord just went bang again <laughs> and I thought, wow, wow, that is what you want me to share on Sunday, Lord. And so... I then prepared that message and began to reflect upon it. Yesterday, um, I had the privilege of praying with some people and out of the middle of a conversation about this, the Lord just let his love pour in on a person and bring a whole sense of freedom and life. And so I said, okay, thank you, Lord. That's another one of those tick in the boxes that makes me know that this is your word for us for today. And then this morning, just to cap it off, when I got up early again, I flicked on my Facebook, which I do every morning just to check what's happening on the other side of the world as well overnight. And there was Graham Cook, who's a, a speaker who loves the Lord and has got a, an incredible prophetic ministry and a great teaching ministry. And what are his posts all about this morning? God's favour. So I just want you to tune in to hear about God's favour for you because it's really important to God that you hear that his favour is for you for today. When we think about God's favour, we, I believe, all conjure up different pictures in our mind. We think favour looks like certain things. But this morning, I would like to deconstruct some of those things and bring into vogue, into play, into space, into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit, what God's favour really is, as he prescribes it and describes it. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Good. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to bounce around a little bit. So uh, I'm not, I just said to Kirk, I've got my old fashioned iPad here. I got my trusty word, which as I looked at it this morning, this is one of the Bibles I've got. This one's presented to David Delaney on the occasion of racing, replacing the worn out one by Carol on the 16th of July 05. And this one's pretty worn out now too. So I, I thank God that he keeps giving me new iPads to play with. Um, and, and some of what I'll share is out of the NIV and some of what I'll share because of the language is out of the message. And I'm going to jump around a little bit. Just as part of the prelude, as the Holy Spirit come on Kirk this morning, a lot of what he was saying, 
the Holy Spirit was saying through Kirk is, is part of what was here. I thought, well, I can leave all that out. And, and as Neil uh, shared about, behold, I stand at the door and knock, the Revelation 3 passage, that was also part of what the Lord was talking to me about. And as God was talking to me about when the, when the angels came to declare the birth of Jesus, that, you know, uh, God's goodness is on all those, or on, on, on mankind. Um, God's favour is on us. And so there's this thread of not just a thin thread, but a strong gold thread that the Lord wants you to take into your heart and into your spirit. But let's look at Isaiah 61, and I'm starting to read out of the NIV. And this is the, the Messiah's ministry. It's headed up in my Bible, the, the Messiah's ministry of peace during both Advents. And so the the commentators believe that in Isaiah 61, there's a, there's a picture of Jesus' first coming and a picture of Jesus' second coming. But for us, as people of the kingdom, we can embrace Isaiah 61 as being available now because the kingdom has come in Jesus and what is yet to come has also come to us. So whereas this was addressed to the Jews who were at that point still waiting for the first advent, for Jesus to come the first time, we as those post his first coming can live in the post of his first coming and in the presence of his second coming. So let's look at it with hearing in our hearts the voice of God speaking to us. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That is where commentators would say the first advent finishes. And the second one goes on. And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I'm declaring that this verse applies to us today as well. To provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, that was proclaimed this morning, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called, you will be called, oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You get it? And then if we go over to Luke chapter 4, we see where Jesus announces his ministry and this is a picture I want you to also grasp in your minds Jesus has come into the synagogue on the Sabbath and in verse 16 he went to Nazareth, Nazareth where he had been brought up this is important. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. Now, the tradition is that a rabbi would stand up to read. 
and then a scroll would be handed to the rabbi and he would open the scroll and read. And so the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Now it doesn't say in the scripture anywhere whether Jesus said, hand me the scroll of Isaiah, or whether or not it was a sovereign one of God's moves that he was handed the soul of Isaiah, the scroll of Isaiah. I think it's the latter. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And this is Jesus standing in the synagogue with all the people listening, very, very much paying attention because this was a precious time when the word of God was spoken in the synagogue. This to the Jews was God's present. And he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to receive, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The rabbi would sit to teach. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. The reason was the Spirit of God was there. And he was holding the Spirit of God and Jesus holding the attention of the people. There was like this pregnant expectation. And the next thing that Jesus said is this. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus spoke the fulfillment of that scripture into the earth at that time. Not just to the hearing of those people, but he spoke it out and he spoke it into the earth and said, today, today I am declaring the fulfillment of this scripture into the earth. Mm. People said, we're amazed. But isn't this Joseph's son? Oh! Immediately, the enemy comes in and tries to discredit what's been spoken. Well, not so much what's been spoken, but by discrediting the person, they discredit what's been spoken. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. You see, Jesus had been spoken of for what he'd done in other places, and that's now he's in his hometown, and they're saying, so do it here. This is a little bit of a, well, come on, show us. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I love it when Jesus said that. It's like, bang, again, there's another thing established into the earth. I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath.
there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Wow. So here's Jesus speaking to the Jews, saying, God has delivered this promise to you. And they immediately start saying, but hang on a minute, who are you and what are you saying? And so this is where the door opens for Jesus to declare that the goodness of God has come for all men, the Gentiles as well. And he makes the point that because the Jews were shutting out the goodness of God, that God had taken already a stand to go and bless the Gentiles. And so because of that, we are blessed. Because of that, we have received God's favour. Jesus said, today this scripture is fulfilled. The favour of God is released into the earth, and in fact, not just to us as Jews, or not just to you as the Jews, but to all men. So it was released and declared. What was the response? The people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. Hang on a minute, what do you mean? God's goodness is going to the bad guys. They got up, drove him out of town to the top of a hill. I won't read it exactly. And tried to throw him off the cliff, but Jesus walked away. God made a path for him to walk away. But at that time, at that time, the rejection of the word that was declared over them released the word into the whole earth for us too. And we should say, thank you, God, not because the Jews missed it, but because God's goodness was determined to reach out to us. You see, Jesus is the door to God's favour. God's favour is now open to all. This morning, the Lord wants you to receive the fullness of the favour of God for you in your life and on your life. God knew that the Jews were going to say no. I mean, God's all-knowing in advance. But he gives us the chance. He gave them the chance. They were true to what he expected of them. And they said, we don't want to know you, Jesus, because you're saying that this goodness of God's going to reach the people down the road that we don't particularly think are worthy. Because the Jews knew that they were special to God. I mean, they were right about that. But what they were wrong about was that God wanted to extend his goodness through them to the whole earth. He still does. And so we're grafted in to become Jews in the, in the, in the vine of Jesus. And we're meant to be extending God's goodness into the whole earth. As proclaimed in the word this morning from the Holy Spirit. The, ang the, 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 the agony of God's heart is that the whole world would know of the favour of God. And the favour of God isn't driving around in a new car. In fact, if you look at Jesus, he didn't even have a donkey unless he borrowed one. See, the favour of God is knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, that you are an absolute focus of God's heart of love. That's the favour of God. God's heart is overwhelmed with love for you and for me. Even though I might think you're a little bit strange, or you might think I am, God doesn't. He thinks we're incredibly, uniquely beautiful and wonderful. Every one of you in this room, and every one of the people out there. 
the favour of God unlocks life for us. When we live without being connected into Jesus, not only as the doorway into life, but as the vine that we connect to, if we're not in that place, we miss out on the reality of the favour of God. Because that's how we connect to the favour of God. We can't go any other way. The word is clear. There is no other way to the Father but by me, Jesus says. The world wants to tell us there's all these other ways that we can get to God. In fact, what's happened is because the enemy knows this truth, he knows the truth, he has tried to bring a whole raft of other things that will cause us to feel like we have to be like this or do this to be okay with God. And sadly, sadly, as the children of God, down through the ages, we've been suckered by the enemy. And therefore, we get caught up into having to do religious things to be okay with God. So one of the big things that God hates is religion. He doesn't like it. Jesus, the Lord woke me up one night with a voice that woke me in the night and he repeated it in my awakeness when he said, David... Christianity was never meant to be one of the great religions of the world. It was only ever meant to be a relationship. Tell the people. That's 10 years ago. Christianity was never meant to be one of the great religions of the world, which is what it's called by the world. Huh. It was only ever meant to be a relationship story. And that's what we're looking at. Jesus was the vine he is the vine of righteousness offered to the gentiles that we could graft into him and become god's children to connect into the love of the father this i believe is so so important for us to understand as the church we need to take this scripture seriously today today it is fulfilled in our hearing. It is not something, and it's fulfilled by Jesus. It's not something we have to do. We just have to walk into it. But there's no, there's no, you've got to fix this first. We've got to get rid of that thinking out of our minds. We've got to get rid of the understanding that somehow we have to be different to be okay with God. We are okay with God because Jesus is our okayness. When we say yes to Jesus in the middle of our messes of life, in everyday living where we get it wrong day after day after day, because we love Jesus, God says, David, I love you. Yeah, that was a dumb thing to do, but that doesn't stop my love pouring on top of you. I love you. As I was praying this morning, I saw a bunch, a field of wildflowers, but they were budded. They weren't open. And it was a picture of God's children in the earth. And he's wanting us to open up to his grace and favour, so that we might receive more from him. And I, I love it with they were wildflowers, because where is wild child children? We're meant to be. That's why Kirk said, get your crash helmets on. The Holy Spirit doesn't want us all to march like this down the road, one after the other. He's saying, run, have fun, be real, be who I made you to be. Everyone in this room has inside them a child, 
Jesus said, let the child play. Let the child play. You may have been told as a child, act your age. Okay? <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> that was when I was older. When I was younger, I was just told to behave. But you see, the kingdom has come in Jesus for us today. And we need to be careful that we don't feel like we're disqualified in some way because when people want to challenge our bona fides like they did Jesus, they said, who are you? You're Joseph's son. You can't be that special. When people say to you, who are you? Say, I'm a child of God. I have the favour of God upon my life. Well, why haven't you got the biggest car in the street and the biggest house in the street and all the money in the bank? That's not God's favour. God's favour is that his love for me has transformed my life into eternity with him. That's God's favour. And we can walk in it now. We can walk in this place of declaring life and freedom for ourselves and others. You see... There was another picture that came yesterday when we were praying and it was a whole bunch of can openers, all different kinds of can openers, to open the cans that have been put on us. Ho! So you see, no matter who we are, the enemy's tried to put something on us to make us fit for God, okay? Well, today is can opener day. The cans come off and we walk free from here, Okay? And it might just be a can that's around a leg or it might be something encasing you or it might be just a light thing that you can just flick off. But it's the world wanting to say and the enemy behind the world's picture that you have to be like this. You see, Jesus said in the, at the end of Luke 4, when people came to him and they realised who he was and they, and they wanted him to stay, and I love this, I love this word. It, it's one God spoke to me 40 years ago now. People wanted him to stay and he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns also because that's what I was sent for. The Lord has just so laid it on my heart that no matter where I go, and he sent me in a lot of places over the years, it's to be a representative of the good news of Jesus wherever I go. And that's the invitation but I can't be that unless the Holy Spirit takes what I have and uses it for his glory. It's what he says that matters. And he kept on preaching, it says, in the synagogues of Judea. Jesus went as the door. Neil had a word about, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And Jesus does that. His first thing is he comes to us and he knocks on our heart and he says, let me in. And I love the picture, and this, the Lord gave me this picture when I was sitting in a hotel room in Buenos Aires looking out over the River Plate, reflecting on the fact that this must have been where they made the movie, The Battle of the River Plate, or that was the movie about that, and I'd never thought of that before. And anyway, I'm standing there going, oh yeah, and the Lord had told me before this trip was a business trip, he said, when, I, when you come back, I want you to take some time out and just have a, a break with me. And it was like, oh, okay, Lord, but I was on my way home, and I'm going, well, Lord... I'll be back in Australia tomorrow and you want me to just to sort of take it easy. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to just spend time with me. I'm saying, yeah, but Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, David, I want you to spend time with me. And I said, yeah, but Lord, what do you want me to do? A bit thick sometimes. And then I, and he took me to this scripture. He said, David, I want to come in and sup with you. And you with me. 
And all of a sudden I had a revelation of how amazing it is to God when we would come and sup with him. When we would take our agenda and park it and say, Lord, can we just be together and share? Breaking bread together with God, what an awesome privilege. And that scripture's never been the same to me ever since. I have a, a whole greater understanding of how precious it is to God's heart for me to stop and sup with him. Because that's the invitation from God. And so the Lord is inviting us today into that place of his favour, which is where his love comes. We sing a song, you know, well, it's in scripture as well, but, you know, the Lord is the lover of my soul. That's who he is. What an awesome thing that he's the lover of our soul. He loves your soul. He loves all of who you are, even the bits that you don't like. He doesn't like the stuff that the enemy's hooked onto us, but he loves how he made you. And he loves how he made that awkward person that you work with or that you run into each day on the train. This new life that comes to us in Jesus is one where we become a planting of the Lord. And the other word that came out this morning was take your eyes off self. Because what happens is, in the middle of this, is self-righteousness wants to rise up. And that's what we need to crucify every day. Jesus said, pick up your cross every day. And what he was saying is, die to yourself. Die to any form of self-righteousness. Any time you feel like you're doing it better and right for God, be careful. It's okay to feel okay, but when you start putting that as the criteria for being okay, that that's a sign of God's favour, nah, wrong. Die every morning to your own good ideas. Be born again every day. And again, it's been said this morning, I love it when God puts all these pieces together. You know, this isn't resuscitation life we're into, this is resurrection life we're into. People have been reading my notes. It's resurrection life we're into. You know what that means, don't you? A brand new you. A brand new me. Same persona. God doesn't actually change me he just changes me. <laughs> you see, I'll still know me with God after I've been resurrected. Because every day God does that. There's resurrection life meant to happen for us every day. So I want to sort of mess with the theology a bit this morning and say that to you. There's resurrection life for us every day. We need to die to ourselves and ask the Lord to bring us alive in him every morning. Can I encourage you to try that? and see what happens in your life, then you will feel and know the favour of God in a way that you've never felt and known it before. I guarantee it. Because what did the Lord say? He said there'll be beauty for ashes. He said there'll be the oil of gladness for mourning. There'll be praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's what happens when we walk into the willingness to die and be resurrected in a new life every day with Jesus as the way. I love how the message puts it. 
He says there'll be bouquets of roses instead of ashes. Messages of joy instead of news of doom. And wouldn't that be a change? An appraising heart instead of a languid spirit. This is God's favour for us as the kingdom comes today. The important point to know is that the enemy does not want us to live in God's favour. The darkness wants to deliver and impose the ashes, the news of doom and the languid spirit. That's what the enemy wants. That's what Jesus is saying, I've come to rescue you from that. And guess what? It is fulfilled today. The power for that deliverance and freedom is in the earth as of now. Oh, I like that. So that there is no more a need for a languid spirit. How do you deal with that? You praise God. You take your eyes off yourself and what you're struggling with and you put your eyes on the Father through Jesus and you start to see the wonder of his life for you. You know, you can't see creation in all its beauty when you're worried about your own problems. You just can't. You miss it. You can't feel the love of God when you're busy worrying about something entirely apart from God. That's how it works. The enemy just gets in and tries to cut off and stop the flow of this love power of God into our lives. And so he builds armors around us. The light comes instead of the darkness. It's the darkness that brings the ashes and the news of doom and the languid spirits, but the light in Jesus brings the roses, the messages of joy and the praising heart. So because we know Jesus, we know the doorway into God's favour. Because he is the doorway into God's favour. When I was a boy, which is a little while ago now, my grandparents had a house uh, in the country and um, there was, uh, off one of the rooms was the bath or the toilet. It was separate down one end of the house. But before, when you went off the main area, there was what they called an anteroom, And it was a little room before you got to the toilet. And that's where they stored newspapers and stuff. But they called it the anteroom. It's the little room that you enter into before you go into the main event, which is the loo, you know? So, well, that's what you go there for. So it was like, ah, a lot of people live in the anteroom. We get to the door where Jesus is and we kind of get a little bit of the, the joy and the wonder and, you know, we, we, we sort of get a bit of a high, but we don't go in because we know when we go in, We've got to do business. <laughs> You'll remember that one, won't you? See, you've got to find a hook sometimes. When you go in, you've got to do business. But the good news is that Jesus has already done that for us. You can stop thinking of the things that you were thinking about before. <laughs> oh, dear. You see, most of us in life, we want to we flirt with and play around on the edges of what is the goodness of God. Because it feels good. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to get touched by the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. It's wonderful to get healed. It's wonderful to see God touch somebody else and do something special. And the things that we've heard about this morning of God touching lives, that's awesome. But that's the, 
That's the playing around on the edges. That's not the whole enchilada. That's not the fullness of the favour of God that's for you and for me. The fullness comes when we go through Jesus who is the doorway into the fullness of God's favour for us. You get the difference? A lot of us live in that space just outside the door. We, we have a relationship with these, Jesus as the door, but we don't, we're not willing to go through and be willing to every day die to our own agenda and say, Lord, yours, and realise then the fullness of God's favour. We know the door to life, and that doorway is a doorway into God's unconditional love and favour. And that word is so, so, so important. Unconditional. No conditions. Once we enter into Jesus, it's done. So the warning, I believe, is don't get stuck at the door like so many do because we so easily look for the quick fix or the high or the miracle moment. I call them God's love kisses. You know, they're beautiful, they're touches, they're just awesome. But they're not the whole thing. They're not living in the favour of God. The favour of God will not release you or deliver you from the dramas of the day. Let me also put that one up the flagpole. The dramas are still going to be there, but you'll walk through them in the love of God and you will know the truth of the love of God in the middle of the drama. We've heard that testimony this morning as well. In the middle of the drama, there's the knowing of the love of God because we've walked into the fullness of it and we've died to what we want for the day and said, Lord, what you want is best. In Beck's heart, there's a lot of things she wants right now. All very good and wonderful. But God has a plan. And he is going to bring that plan alive and it will bless her heart more than she ever knows about. It may or may not be the picture you have. I don't know. Well, I do have a sense of it from what I felt like the Lord said. But he has an awesome future and plan for all of our lives every day. But we, we chop it off. We chop it off. We're good at it. We have this little dance with Jesus and we go, yeah, this is great. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, hang on a minute. I've got to go off and do this. Here's my good idea for the day. And the Lord says, well, okay, David, that's fine. I love you. But if I'd have been willing to lay it down, all of it, and I'm trying to make this simple and not something that's out of reach, okay? This is not... This is not just for people who are super spiro, let me tell you. This is for people who aren't. Is to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I just want to have your day happen for me today. That way I know it's going to be okay, even when it's not okay. You know, I have some rotten days. But when I get to the end of it, I go, wow, Lord, I did not enjoy that much today, but thank you that you were with me in it. And I kind of get a, a, a wry smile from God. Saying, yeah, David, I'm really glad that we did it together. So I'm not promising you a rose garden. I'm promising you the gardener. He is the gardener. He is the one who wants to bring roses alive in your life. And why? Because even as Jesus said it then... It's still being said in the Father. It's being echoed in the Father's heart day after day after day. This is for you and all people. 
So as the, ro as the roses grow in us, the fragrance of Jesus goes out to others. One love on display. His love on display in and through us. Does that make sense? Does it sound too hard? I mean, it's a choice. It's a choice. We sang. One of the songs we sang was I Surrender or I Die or something was one of the songs. I'm, I'm not good at remembering songs. But it was, that's what happens in, in my heart. I'm going, yeah, that's good. That's one. That, that's, that fits. What was the song at the end? Did I? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But it was, we were singing and saying, Lord, I, I give you all of who I am. We were singing it. And God's saying, yeah, good on you. We walk out and say, well, I didn't really mean that. It sounded good while we sang it. But we're going to make some choices now, Lord, that are about me. I know you'll understand that because I'm very important to me. And God says, yes, I know. Become a rose garden for the Lord. You see, this is what discipleship is. Discipleship is dying to yourself every day and letting Jesus come alive in you. And in Jesus coming alive, what that really means is you're saying, Lord, I've died to myself and by your spirit I'm willing to be open to all that you want to do. And God says, right, David, let me just pour my love on you. That's the first thing he does. His favour. His favour, his favour. But a lot of us either put umbrellas up and have the favour spill off or we, we wear armours that the enemy's put on us. And my sense today is that we have the opportunity to choose to strip off. And this isn't everybody has to do this, but it's up to your heart. But we, we, we ask God to do what was fulfilled on that day. <clears throat> Freedom and release from anything that would try to stop the favour of God from causing resurrection life to happen in us every day. Does it make sense? Sometimes simple messages kind of feel like you somehow you haven't got it across. Um, so you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to have done the, done the work in your heart. Um, because you go, well, hang on a minute, did, did I help the people to get that message? Because that's the privilege of standing here, is being a spokesperson for the Lord's heart today. And his heart today is that everyone in here would know that God's favour is upon you. And he wants you to live in it. And to know that it's not just for today, but it's for every day, fresh every morning. Sit with you? I couldn't knock that deal back. I didn't a long time ago, and every now and again I walk back out of the door. I go, you know what, Lord, this is getting all too hard. I think I'll just take a bit of a break. God won't stop you doing that. But when it happens, you realise that something's missing. And what it is, is you've stepped back from standing in the shower of the love of God, which is the favour of God. Unconditional love. Just unconditional acceptance. It means you're okay with God. Thanks, Dave. 
That's the Lord's word for you today, my friends. May God bless it to your hearts. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you love us in a way that wants to cause us to become wildflowers, alive and vibrant for you. That when people look upon us, Lord, they see love and joy and, and life in its abundant way that is coming from you by your love and it changes our lives, Lord. Let that be our experience, Lord, by your spirit as we say yes and we enter into that doorway fresh every day, Lord. We will acknowledge, Father, that your invitation through Jesus is that every day we would choose to pick up our cross, that we would take upon ourselves your choices for us. Lord, we bless you that that's always good, even though sometimes it may not feel like that to our flesh. It is always good because you are good to us. No, oh, let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done in our lives, even as it is in heaven. Amen.